Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Mark's Gospel in chapter 16. And I want us to look at verse 18. And when you find that, we're going to pray and believe God together. Our Heavenly Father, we approach your presence in Jesus' name to give you thanks for this privilege of studying your word together. And as we study, dear Heavenly Father, we believe for utterance in the Holy Ghost to proclaim with boldness and accuracy the knowledge of the truth that will make men free. I thank you for ears to be attentive and hearts receptive and minds to be open, dear Heavenly Father, so that hearts would be touched and lives changed by the power of your word. For all that's achieved among us, we'll give you the glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are two important areas to consider when it comes to either ministering healing or even receiving healing for yourself. And those two areas are the area of faith and prayer and also the area of the anointing, ministering healing by the anointing. Those two areas are the primary areas that we have got to consider. Now, young people, I want you to listen. When I say young people, I'm talking about our youth. I want you to know something. It's very important that, you know, you keep your ears attentive and hearts open and receptive to these truths because you never know when you're going to be facing a situation where you need to call upon the power of God in your life. You know, sometimes when we're young, we take our youth for granted and we think because I have my health right now that I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. How many times have we heard of perfectly healthy young people You know, and all of a sudden having a report, an evil report come into their lives where they have a terminal disease or something like that. I have um, a nephew myself. Actually, it's a second cousin myself who, uh, 16-year-old boy, perfectly healthy, all of a sudden diagnosed with cancer in the brain. So you can see, beloved, it doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. We have got to position ourselves to hear from God, to know the principles of the Word of God so that we can learn how to activate the power of God on our behalf so that we can be free from these things that we face in life. So, beloved, I believe we serve a true and living God. And I believe He wants us to to rise up to a place where we're not religious people, but we we are people of reality. We know how to touch God and release His power on our behalf to receive from Him. And so no matter who you are out there, I believe God's Spirit is going to quicken these things to you and open up your eyes and understanding so that you can see the need to get a hold of the Word of God for yourself and learn how to operate in the principles of God's Word. Now, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 16 and verse 18 really is is the verse, but I want to back up to verse 15 to put the whole thing in context. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Now listen carefully. These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's talking about praying for people, in a sense, praying for people through the laying on of hands to receive healing. To be delivered and set free from the power of sickness and disease. I realize that some people have not been taught this. And some people have no understanding with regard to what this is all about. And in our day of modern science and technology and and advances in medical science and all that sort of thing. People have absolutely disregarded the power of God with regard to the healing of their bodies. And have totally put their trust in man. And that's really not something that we should be doing. We should thank God for every advance that man makes in medical science, but never, never totally depend upon the arm of the flesh. Always put God first and always recognize the need to put God first and to learn how to seek his face in times of need and also to be established in the principles of God's word so that you can unleash God's power because man is limited no matter how much knowledge he gains. He is always limited as to what he could do to help somebody recover from a sickness or a disease. And as long as man lives upon the face of this earth, you know it's true that there's always going to be a sickness or a disease that man has no power to cure. Why? Because sickness and disease is a spiritual something more than it is a physical something. 
And unless we deal with it in the spiritual sense, it's never going to be done away with in the physical sense. As a matter of fact, Jesus did deal with it in the spiritual sense, and one day it will be totally done away with, and there will be a society without sickness or disease. And I thank God for that day, but that day is not upon us right now. We're living in the here and now, right now, and we've got to learn how to apply the principles of God's Word to our lives in a powerful way so that we can stand against sickness and disease that's always trying to come against us in this life. Amen? Here it says, they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. So that's talking about one aspect of it. You know, laying on of hands or praying for people to receive. And so through faith and prayer, people can receive healing. Now, there's another area. I want us to turn to that real quick. In Luke's gospel, you're close to it in chapter 4. And that area is the anointing. The anointing is the power of God manifested to heal the sick. The anointing is the power of God in manifestation to heal the sick. And we have to know something about the anointing in order to put ourselves in a position to receive from God or to be better used in ministering healing to the sick. So whether, you know, whether you're out there to be healed or to minister healing, you're going to benefit just by learning some things about the healing anointing. So we can receive healing through or minister healing through faith and prayer. And also, we can receive healing or minister healing by the healing anointing. Amen. Can you see that? In Luke's Gospel, chapter 4 and verse 18, we have the verse that explains something. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath what? He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to what? To heal. To heal the brokenhearted. And it goes on to say, receive recovering sign to the blind, etc. But listen carefully. Jesus Christ himself was anointed. He was anointed to heal the sick. So there is what is called a healing anointing that enables us to minister the power and the life of God or the healing power of God to the sick so that they can be healed. Now, we have to understand certain things about both faith and prayer and also about the healing anointing if we're going to be effective in ministering and also if we want to be effective in receiving healing from the Lord. See, sometimes people live in today's society thinking that if God is going to do something, He's just going to do it. And if it doesn't happen, then I guess He just didn't want to do it. And that's going to get us in a lot of trouble. That gets a lot of people into a lot of trouble. People think they have to live their life with the case that Asada attitude. You know, what will be, will be. And whatever happens, happens. And there is nothing that I can possibly do about, you know, changing things that are in my life or in somebody else's life. And that is not true. It doesn't just automatically happen, but it does happen when people line themselves up with the Word of God. And it does happen when people put themselves in a position to receive from God. There is a part that God has to play in things, and there is a part that we have to play in things. And if we'll do our part, God will do His part. If we don't do our part, then how can we expect God to do His part? I guarantee you the devil will do his part. Whether or not you do your part. Because he doesn't operate the way God, that God does. He operates you know, on his own mentality. He's just going to do what he wants to do and when he wants to do it. And if nobody stands against him, he'll continue doing it. It's only when people rise up and recognize the activity of the enemy and says, no more. You're not going to control my life any longer. I'm going to rise up in the powerful name of Jesus and put you in your place. And that is beneath my feet and take authority over you. And I'm going to go forth in victory. Amen. Amen. Well, right here we can see that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And there is what is called a healing anointing that can manifest enabling us to minister the healing power of God to people in a powerful way. And we want to learn a little bit about that. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, in your Bibles to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. With regard to faith and prayer, there are certain things that people need to know in order to receive healing or minister healing. And I'm going to briefly just give you these things because I want to emphasize the healing anointing because that has been the emphasis of the Spirit recently. The anointing of God manifesting itself among us has been the emphasis of the Spirit. 
But briefly, I want to share with you certain things that people should know about faith and prayer in order for them to minister healing or to receive healing from the Lord. And the first thing is that people need to be taught that healing is based on the promises of God and the covenant that they have with God. Healing is not something that just falls out of the sky and lands on somebody. It is something that is based upon a foundation. And that foundation is the promises of God. In other words, God has made certain promises in His Word that have got to be understood. And if a person is unwilling to get a hold of what the Word of God teaches, then that person is not going to be able to put themselves in a position to obtain the faith that they need to receive healing from God or to minister healing effectively. You see, beloved, by what degree I believe in it is by what degree I minister it. Can you say amen? amen. By what degree I believe in it or have faith in it by, is by what degree I minister it. So if I have a little faith, there'll be a little bit of healing power manifested. But if I have a greater faith in God's healing power and the promises of God, then a greater manifestation of God's healing is going to be demonstrated through my life. And so I have got to recognize for myself the need to develop my faith in the promise of God. Listen just to one promise of God. In Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name and forget not one of His benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases. That's what it says in Psalm 103 and 3. Who heals all of our diseases. He forgives all our sins. He heals all our diseases. I have got to get a hold of that promise. I have got to look at it. I've got to to meditate upon it and let it feed my spirit so that faith can be developed in my heart with regard to the healing power of God. And then through faith and prayer, I can release the healing power of God and help people to receive it or receive it for myself. Secondly, a person needs to know that those promises are based on the work of Jesus Christ upon Calvary's cross. In Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, and you can just write down the note if you don't have the scriptures for yourself already, write it down and look it up later. But in those verses, we are told that on Calvary's cross, Jesus Christ bore our sickness and mental anguish, as well as our sin. A person has got to get a hold of that, has got to meditate that, and get the understanding of Jesus Christ being on that cross, bearing upon himself all the sicknesses and the diseases of the world. See, many have no idea that he did that. Many don't understand that he did that. But in order to develop faith in the healing power of God, one has got to understand the work of Christ upon Calvary's cross. And there's much to talk about that, but that's not my emphasis tonight, so I'm just going to mention it, and then we're going to go on. A person has got to know it's based on the promise of God, it's based upon the work of Jesus Christ upon Calvary's cross, and all that he did there for us. They also need to be taught the principles of faith and prayer. And the two texts that we need to look at in particular are found in Mark 11, verses 23 and 24. Because verse 23 is the law of faith and verse 24 is the prayer of faith. That person has got to know how to unleash the power of God through faith and prayer. So a person has got to position himself where he is going to learn about the principles of faith and prayer. See, sometimes a person just wants it to happen, and they just want it to fall out of the sky. And they'll just be of this mindset that says, if God's going to do it, He will do it. There's nothing I can do to make it happen. But that is not true. That is really being deceived, so to speak, and believing the lie. God wants to do it more than we want it to be done. We just don't know that and realize that. But the thing is, we have got to get into the Word of God and find out what it says about faith and prayer and then begin to develop our faith and begin to understand the principles of prayer. And if we'll do that, we will unleash or release the ability of God on our behalf so that we can be more effective in ministering healing and also receiving healing for ourselves from God. And so that's another point that we have got to understand. And then there's another truth with regard to this same subject of faith and prayer. We can't think for one moment that we can have any degree of faith without understanding the power that's in the name of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says all that we are to do 
in word and deed, is to be done in the name of Jesus Christ. And I really believe that the name of Jesus is an unexplored tableland of blessing in the lives of Christians. I mean, God has invested so much authority and power in that name. And the potential in that name to bless humanity goes beyond our, our wildest dreams and imaginations. If there's anything worthwhile to study, it's the power that is in that name and then the right the child of God has to use that name in this life. And listen carefully, everybody, young people included. I want you to know that by understanding the power that is in that mighty name of Jesus, you can unleash the ministry of angels in your life. You can release the miracle power and ability of God in your life. You can release the wisdom of God in your life. You'll set angels out there working together for you in this life that will protect you from a premature death. Did you know that? Listen carefully. When you're driving in your car down the street or whatever you're doing in life, when you unleash the power that's in the name of Jesus, you have got heaven's attention. Angels are loose ministering for you because you're the heir of salvation. And things begin to happen because you know how to use that name. That name has so much in it to benefit mankind. If we just begin to develop faith in that name, great and mighty things would happen. You recall in Acts chapter 3 and verse 16, after Peter and John went into the temple, seeing a lame man who had never walked from his mother's womb, pulled him up by the right hand after speaking to him. He, he comm- was commanded to rise up in Jesus' name. He had never walked. He was over 40 years old. He had never walked in all of his life. Can you imagine this? Pulled him up by the right hand. Immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. He leaping walked and stood with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And the people marveled at what they saw. They just went... You know, berserk as to what they saw. Some were angry and others were ecstatic about what they saw. Well, then Peter finally calmed the crowd down and said, Look, don't look unto us as if we did anything by our own holiness. But his name, the name of Jesus, through faith in his name, through faith in his name, through faith in his name, have made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith. That is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. What a remarkable statement. But what a thought. Look what we've got to develop. Faith in the name of Jesus. My goodness, there is a name given under heaven whereby a man can be saved, delivered, healed, and set free. There is a name that will bring us to a place of victory and peace and joy. There is a name that will put our households back together once again. There is a name that will bring marriages to where they need to be. There is a name that will cause our young people to be protected while they're driving down the highway of life. There is a name that will deliver people from drugs and alcohol and demon oppression and anything the enemy can bring their way. And it is the name of Jesus Christ. And every single one of us has the potential to develop faith in that mighty name. It's time we do. Glory to God. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. You see, it's God and His power that's unleashed through the name of Jesus. And there's so much to be found in it. Glory to God. And then finally... It really is a matter of how much faith you have. Remember Jesus said this statement, according unto your faith, so be it done unto you. It really is a matter of how much faith we have. And you know what? You have faith in different things. How many of you know you can have faith in different things? You say, what is is faith? Let me give you a, a short, quickie illustration of what faith is all about. We attended the Blackhawk basketball game last night, the Semi-final, regional final, but semi-final as far as the state championship was concerned. And Brother Chuck and I were just, you know, we're sitting there and, you know, watching the game and all that. And then all of a sudden, you know how the cheerleaders come out to the middle of the floor and they start doing their, you know, cheering and leading the, the, their fans in cheers. Well, the, the Hickory cheerleaders got together in the middle of the floor. One fella came out and stood behind all of them. And then some of them grouped together. And this one girl, she was lifted up by the rest of them in the air. And at the end, the grand finale, she was thrown up in the air. And I'm telling you, up. Up. In the air. High. And then went down, just like she was laying on a bed. Just flat on her back. Just like that. Now, can you imagine, had they all walked away? 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Can you imagine that? I thought, my goodness, she was so high up in the air. And I thought, that's faith. Isn't that faith? I mean, think about it for a moment. Isn't that faith? What did she believe in midair? She better not doubt in midair. I wonder, will they catch me this time? I know they've done it before. Will they catch me this time? What if they forget? I thought, my goodness, that's faith. She had a lot of confidence in those that, you know, were with her, didn't she? She really believed they would catch her, didn't she? Strongly believed it. I mean, would you be up in the air like that high and then doubt whether or not they would? Would you even think about going up that high if you doubted whether or not they would? You know, we can have that kind of faith in God. God wants us to have that kind of faith in Him. But you only get it by studying the Word and finding out what God said He'd do for you. You ready for this? They all told that girl, we'll catch you. And she believed it. And she so strongly believed it, she was flying away. Right? Well, God said He'd do certain things for us in His Word. Do we believe it? Enough to say, I release myself to you. And it doesn't matter to me what anybody else says. I believe you'll do what you said in your word you would do. Isn't that true? See, that's what faith is all about. We make faith so difficult, but in reality, there's you know, simple illustrations that will enable us to see that we've got faith in other things. And those things are not as sure as God. Hey, they're human beings. Isn't that right? They're human beings and uh, they can fail you. But God can't and God won't. So it's a matter of your faith. According unto your faith, so be it done unto you. If you have little faith, you'll have little results. If you have great faith, you'll have great results. Isn't that true? Did you find Mark 5 yet? Now look at Mark 5. Those are some things to know about faith and prayer. But believe me, we can give you a sermon on every one of those points. That's not the emphasis. This is the emphasis tonight. Because God's Spirit has been moving in, in this assembly in a great way. In a powerful way, and the emphasis has been on the anointing and what the anointing will do when manifested. How it will touch hearts and change lives. And you know what, beloved? I'm I'm going to say this time and time again. We have got to pray to open our hearts to the things of God. The things of God are spiritually discerned and understood and perceived. They're not just intellectually learned. We have really got to go to God and say, I long to know your ways with all of my heart. That's all that God really requires of us. Did you know that? I throw open wide the door of my heart to understand and to know and perceive with a greater depth of perception the things that you want me to know. And if you haven't arrived at a place where you have been successful, maybe in receiving or ministering, whatever, then don't give up. Just get get before God with a humble spirit and heart and say, Father God, I want my eyes open. I want my understanding to be more clear in these things. I want to know and perceive and understand with a greater depth of perception the things that you have for me and what the Word is trying to say to me. I want to see these things clearly and understand these things with all of my heart. And you know what? He'll begin to answer that prayer. He said, when you seek me with all of your heart, you'll find me and you'll know my ways. And that's exactly what we should be doing. Not giving up or being satisfied with with where we're at, but really open up the door of our heart in in such a way that I want to be filled with more of the light of God's knowledge and wisdom and revelation and understanding. Okay, so now listen, there's a lot to know about the anointing of God. In Mark 5, I want you to see something here. Jesus ministered by the healing anointing. He was anointed to minister healing to people. A certain woman, in verse 25, which had an issue of blood 12 years and suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. Notice that statement. She sought professional help. She sought all the kind of help she possibly could but was nothing bettered and rather grew worse. She spent her life savings, all her living, all that she had, all that she possessed in life was all spent You know, it's one thing to spend your life savings and all that you have in life and get something from it. It's another thing to spend it and get nothing in return. She had spent all that she had and she was not one bit better, but rather she got worse. Can you see her dilemma? Can you see how sad this scenario is? Okay, listen. When she had heard of Jesus, 
What did she hear of Jesus? Well, what she did, I think, explains to us what she heard of Jesus. She heard that Jesus was anointed with healing power. She is probably told that anointing was stored in his clothes. Because there were those that would touch the hem of his garment. And when they did, there was a transfer of healing power that went into them. And they were healed of whatever disease they had. And so, she heard of Jesus. And look at what she did in the latter part of the verse. Came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now, why would she just do that? Because she had to hear something. And she heard that Jesus was anointed with healing power. She heard that that anointing was stored up like a storage battery in his clothing. And when she touched it, she was made whole. Others were made whole. And so she said that I'll do the same thing. Look at the next verse. For she said. What did she say? If I may but touch his clothes. Why was there an emphasis here on his clothes? Because others had touched his clothes. See, we can learn something here about the healing anointing. And we're going to in just a moment. I want you to see the whole thing here first. She touched his clothes and when she did, she was made whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue or power or the healing anointing. Now listen. Had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? In other words, many are touching you. Well, he wasn't referring to the many. He was referring to someone with faith touched his garment, and there was an outflow of power, healing power, that was transmitted from his life or transferred into her life. He knew that, someone's, and that's why he said, who touched me? He looked around about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, daughter, now notice carefully, thy faith, everybody say, your faith. faith. Everybody say, "Her her faith. He said, her faith, or your faith hath made you whole, go in peace. And be whole of thy plague. Notice Jesus was anointed with healing power. But the anointing by itself without faith doesn't always accomplish or consummate the healing process. Her faith also was released in the anointing or the healing power of God. As a result, the two came together and the effect or the result was this. She was delivered and set free by the power of God. But her faith was definitely involved in it. It didn't just happen by itself. So the power of God can be present, but if faith isn't mixed with it, it's not going to accomplish a whole lot. Now, there are times when the healing power of God will be in manifestation and the gifts of the Spirit will go into operation also. And that's another way that people can receive from God, but that's a different teaching. I want to stay just with the anointing right now. So, here are some things we have to understand about the healing anointing. One can be anointed with healing power. And that healing power can be manifested Through that person's life and transmitted into another person's life to get them set free from a sickness or a disease. So we can at least establish that. We see that being true here in the life of Jesus. Let's not stop there. Go to Acts chapter 19 verse 11 and 12. I want you to see something else about the healing anointing and what it will do in a person's life for a person. Now there are other references that will also... Reinforce the fact that when people touch the garment of Jesus, the healing power of God went into them and delivered them from a sickness or a disease and also from unclean spirits or demonic forces that were present in a person's life. Look at Acts 19 verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. Notice cloth or clothing, handkerchiefs or aprons. 
Keep that thought in mind. The diseases departed from them. This is very important, beloved. Here is the anointing power of God stored up in cloth once again that when given to somebody who had a disease, the disease departed from them and it doesn't stop there. The evil spirits went out of them. So once again, we can see something important about the healing anointing. The healing power of God in manifestation through a person's life or through cloth when it's stored up in this this cloth, clothing, a handkerchief, apron, or whatever, can not only drive out the disease, but also do what? Drive out a demonic influence or force that would be manifested there in a person's life. For the evil spirit also went out of them. This is very important, beloved, because some are of the opinion that you've got to, you've got to be able to discern a demon spirit and then cast it out in order for it to leave. And that's not always true. If there is a presence of demonic activity in a person's life, that spirit can be driven out by the healing anointing, by the power of God that is manifested right there, whether in that cloth or transmitted through the laying on of hands. It will drive out the disease. It will also drive out the demonic influence that could be there enforcing a disease or even be there trying to do something else. So once again, there are certain things to know about the anointing. And number one is that God anoints people with healing power today. God still anoints people with healing power today. And it's as God wills, not as we will. God is still anointing people today with healing power just like He did back then. In the healing revival, there were many that were anointed with healing power who went about doing great things for God when the power of God was in manifestation and working through their lives. And if you were to do some research and study the healing revival from 1947 through 1958, you will discover a number of individuals that were anointed with the healing power of God. And you will also discover a record of great signs and wonders that were wrought in this realm of healing through their ministries. Multitudes were delivered and set free. Documented testimonies of those that were healed of cancerous tumors and tuberculosis. And I mean, and the list goes on and on. All kinds of, of different diseases and sicknesses that we know of today. As a result of the healing anointing being manifested. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to be in association with the company of individuals that believe in creating and establishing a greater corporate healing anointing among them so that I can draw from that power and receive the health of God into my own individual life. What about you? You see, it's important, beloved, to keep company with those that are of like precious faith, the Bible says. And when you associate with people that believe strongly in faith, in this action of God, in anointing people with healing power, and then understand how that same healing anointing can increase at a corporate or collective level when we come together, it's going to benefit every single one of us. This is for the whole body to benefit thereby, all of us. doesn't matter who you are, you can get hooked up into a company of believers that believe that way, and you'll put yourself in a position where if you need healing, you can go to a place where you know the healing power of God is going to be in tremendous manifestation. Beloved, we've had people walk in our services with things in their body and walk out free. And it's not because somebody touched them or laid hands on them or anything. They just reached out. The power of God was so in manifestation. And we would just say, just go ahead and receive it now. And they have walked out free. As a result of the healing anointing that was manifested here among us. Another thing to understand about the healing anointing is when we talk about God anointing somebody, sometimes people misunderstand and don't understand about the anointing and what it really means and how it operates. God is wanting to educate us in this area, beloved, I believe with all my might. Because it's going to affect the corporate anointing in this place. He wants us all to be lifted to a higher level of spirituality. He does. He wants us to have a deeper understanding of spiritual things. 
so that we can have a greater working of those things among us as we assemble together. Now, that's good, isn't it? But you see, to achieve that sometimes, it takes change. And so we have got to be geared to change. If we're not, and some don't like change, it's going to affect us negatively. We have got to learn when God moves and emphasizes something by His Spirit to study it out and glean all the light that we can. Now, I want to show you something here. You can minister healing to somebody through faith and prayer by teaching them the principles of God's Word and praying to prayer faith with them, and they can be healed. They can receive healing from God. And there's, that is a primary way to receive healing from God. But there is also a healing anointing that can be in manifestation. And that healing anointing will accomplish the same thing. You say, well then, why is it that we need it? You believe God's merciful? Because there will be those whose faith oftentimes will not be at a level where they themselves can receive from God by themselves. But where the healing anointing is manifested in a greater way, it will make it much easier for them to be healed and set free by the power of God. And God will take that anointing and add it to their faith. And when the two come together, there will be victory in that person's life. Now, explain the healing anointing. The healing anointing is another manifestation of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us. And if you're the head of a household out there, how many of you are the head of a household out there? Okay. This will benefit you. Now, when you're in ministry, some of these anointings will come upon you and stay with you to minister because you're in public ministry. But it doesn't mean that they cannot at times come upon people that are out there, like lay people that are out there. I believe this. The more you involve yourself in doing a work for God in ministry, the more you put yourself in a position to have a greater anointing of God manifested in your life in that area. I believe that with all of my heart. Now, I recall being in the church when we were downtown Midland. And I recall standing off to the right of the platform. And I recall when the anointing of God fell upon me to minister to the people. The anointing of God is just like a cloak or a, clo- a coat, like an overcoat that would fall upon you at a specific time. It would just land upon you just as if someone were to take his overcoat and throw it on top of you and you can feel it on top of you. And it would be as if at that moment you are lifted to a higher plane of spiritual awareness and you're strongly aware of the fact that there is a deeper anointing upon you to minister. Now when it lands on me, when it falls upon me, sometimes my knees buckle and I can hardly stand up to minister. But that's exactly how it feels if you want to go by feeling. But you see, the substance of this, this anointing, it's tangible. You can feel it. It lands on you. It falls upon you at a specific time. And this one occurrence, I was standing off to the right, on this side, my right, your left, standing here and down at the other church, and the anointing fell upon me. And at that time, I asked Brother John Nuzo, who was working with our youth at that particular time, to, to come up and, and to help me minister. Because we had a long line, a huge crowd of people that were coming forward to be ministered to. And as I was standing over there, there I began to take one step down. Now, Brother John was over there on that side, on the right, left side, your right. And I didn't know what was going on in his mind. Now, I discussed some of these things with him recently, just to find out where he was coming from and what had happened with him. You know, you want to prove things. You want things to be proven. Spiritual things need to be proven out. Prove all things, the Bible says. And so I asked him about his life and ministry and certain things that had happened. And while he was standing there, he told me in our conversation and said, you have my permission to share this with the people if you like. He says, as I was standing on that side, he said, I feel sorry for those that are on this side that I have to lay hands on. He says, if I was out there standing in line, I'd want to be on the other side, not on that side. And he said, you took one step down as if you were going about, you know, going to begin to minister to people. And you stopped. Now, see, I don't remember that part. You can't remember everything. I stopped and went back and just moved back like this here and turned and looked at him. And I said, and the same anointing that's upon me to minister to the people is now upon you. And he said, the moment you said that, it was like someone threw a coat or a cloak on top of me. It fell upon me. And it, it hit me in such a way that I know I've never experienced as far as in ministry was concerned at that point. This was, you know, the, the beginning of his ministry. 
as far as the first part, he had gone to Raymond and everything. But this was the, as far as carrying out that ministry, you know, we have different experiences in ministry. And the anointing fell upon him. Now, I knew that that had happened and we began to minister, you know, to the people, which we both did. And the power of God was manifested. But I said to him, now, what effect did that have on you from that time on? Had you ever ministered under that kind of an anointing before? He said, no. Well, what happened to you from that time on? Did you draw anything from that anointing from that time on as you continued in ministry? And he said, yes. And as a matter of fact, there are some things he says that he attributes today in his life and ministry to that event that occurred. Now, man didn't do it. I want you to understand something here. Man did not do it. That's still affecting him today in ministry as a result of the anointing that came upon him. Did you know that there is a transfer of certain things when the anointing of God comes upon somebody? And when you follow a ministry closely, did you know there can be a transfer of the same anointing that's upon you? And God only anoints men. Man man does not anoint himself. So I didn't anoint myself. We're just talking about the anointing and how it works. And that same anointing can be transferred to somebody else's life. And the same spirit of wisdom and power can come upon that person to minister as a result of being involved in that same ministry. Now, I know that when Brother Hagin laid hands on me, the same thing resulted in my life. See, I've been an understudy of him since I first got saved. And you know, I've been, let the Lord even say this tonight. Don't think that anybody is a loner. If one thinks that he or she is a loner and is going to get by in their Christian experience by themselves and are independent of the body, they're not going to have the power of God in their lives that God wants them to have. This all goes back to God, beloved. There's no one who's a loner. We need everybody. We all need each other. And the Bible says the head, the the foot can't say to the head or the head can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Can you see that? And I have studied under Brother Hagin and continue to do so. How many of you noticed that when we come back from those meetings down there, there's a fresh fire? Well, are you exalting man? No, I'm exalting the anointing. I'm exalting the glory of God. And I'm being obedient to follow what God wants me to do. You know, and oftentimes I'll tell this to people. People have done this. And Brother John has said, you can share this also. He said, there was a time when we discussed ministry, the anointing of God, the power of God, and how you want to minister and how God wants to use you to minister. And he said there was a time when he was actually studying under somebody else. And, and I had noticed that there was a, in his life that there was a definite sign that he was studying under somebody else. And so I said, you know, I want to talk to you about this. And so we had discussed it and talked about it. And I said, uh, where did God send you to school? He said, Rambo Bible Training Center. I said, who did he send you to study under? I said, Kenneth Hagin. I said, well, whose anointing do you think he wants you to operate under then? He said, Kenneth Hagin's anointing. I said, I know. And I said, you've been studying under somebody else. He said, it just hit him just like a ton of bricks, just like that. He said, my goodness. My goodness. You're right. Do you know that many do this? Why? Because you might see a flaw in someone's life or ministry. And so, well, you know, I'm I'm just... Wait a minute. You ever hear the expression, eat the hay and leave the sticks? You know God sets you somewhere for a reason? I'm telling you something. We all need to know. God sets us somewhere for a reason. And sometimes we walk away from it. I mean that. We walk right away from it. Well, I'll tell you, he said, you know what? That opened up my eyes. Got back to, 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 to closely, more closely studying under Brother Hagin. See, that anointing will be quickened then. That same anointing. Do, do you see this? If you want to have 14 anointings, go study under so many different people. You won't have anything. You'll be spread out so thin, you won't have a strong anointing in any area of your life. We have to obey God. Well, who he tells us to study under, that's where we've got to study. And if you'll do it, you'll have a great anointing in your life. So I've stayed with it. I've stayed with it. You know, and oftentimes I like, I like to have Brother Hagin just lay hands on me. Because you see, it's the anointing of God. It's not Brother Hagin, it's the anointing of God. But as God has anointed him in ministry, there can be a transfer of that same anointing. Now listen carefully. Do you know that when Joshua came on the scene, that before he entered into his office, that Moses laid his hands upon him? And when he did, there was a transfer of the same spirit of wisdom and power that was upon Moses that entered into Joshua's life. There was something that 
came along with the anointing that equipped him and better enabled him to stand in that office, is what I'm saying. And you see, that's why, young people listen to me carefully here, that's why I want us all to come together at times like this. Because you see, there is, when we join together like this, that same move of the Spirit that can be transferred and transmitted in the people's lives as God begins to move. But there is a flow, a divine flow of this power. Well, I'm getting off a little bit, but what I'm referring to is that anointing is something that is very, very, very special. And it's something that we need to understand if we want to be more effective in ministering to the people. It is something that's tangible. It can be felt. You can't anoint yourself. You want to put yourself in a position where God can and will anoint you. You can do that part, but only God can ultimately anoint you. You can do something that will cause the anointing to decrease in your life. And if you do, by going off on a different different tangent and direction, then what will happen is it will wane and diminish. But if you'll get checked and come back and realize where you need to be, it will once again increase. And I'll say it to you like this too. That if you ever find the anointing diminishing in your life, whatever it is that God would anoint you to do, if you'll do some fasting and prayer, it'll come back stronger. If you wait upon the Lord, it'll come back stronger. You say, well, what value has this anointing? It's the difference between Samson unshaved or shaved. You want to try to beat up a thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey with a bald head? (laughs) Samson couldn't do that, could he? But when he had his hair fully grown, he could take on a thousand men. He could remove the gate of the city and take it and throw it across the hill. With supernatural strength. What would you rather operate in? Supernatural ability of God. That's what the anointing is. And so you see, you can't anoint yourself with it, but you can yield to it. And if you will study and pray with regard to the healing anointing. See, I have sensed this and I have experienced this many times in my life. And when you do, you've got to begin to study how, how it works. Because if you don't, you're going to lack understanding. And with a lack of understanding, you're not going to have a greater manifestation of it. But I know the importance of yielding to it because you oftentimes hear me say, the anointing is strong right now. Come as quickly as you can. I'm not trying to get you up here so you can do some exercise and get your heart pumping faster. I'm trying to get you up here because the anointing can only, you can only stand it for so long. Did you know that? You can only stand it for so long because, you see, that is the supernatural manifestation of God's power. And the human body cannot stand under that power but for a certain length of time. And then it will lift. Otherwise, you'll cave under it and fall under it, beneath it. But when it's in manifestation, there'll be a greater manifestation of the presence and power of God that brings healing to the physical body that will enable people to receive their healing more quickly. See? And when that is in operation, don't you want to be involved in that? Now listen carefully. How did uh, this woman get faith to touch the hem of his garment? Oh, she heard that he was anointed. You know, we have to tell people that there is an anointing. Did you know that? And once again, one cannot anoint himself. People will have, they'll come having faith because they'll know, hey, people there are anointed to lay hands upon the sick and they'll recover. Not just the the, the prayer of faith to lay hands on sick. We're talking about this other dimension. When the anointing falls, when the anointing comes and falls upon you. See, the anointing can and will come, the healing anointing. And when everybody comes together praying to that same, you know, in believing God for a stronger corporate anointing to be in manifestation, it won't just be on one individual. It'll fall on others. I've even said it before. You've heard me say, you go lay hands on somebody. The anointing of God is upon you. Now, once again... Now, this is very, another important truth about the anointing. Just because it may happen one time in a lay person's life doesn't mean it's going to be as consistently manifested in someone who is in full-time ministry. Did you understand that? Because you see, when you're in full-time ministry and constantly ministering to people, you'll probably have a greater manifestation of that anointing in your life. Not that it cannot come at times upon others. You might be out there praying for your child one day. And all of a sudden, the power of God just falls upon you. The anointing of God comes upon you and there is that healing anointing. Hallelujah. And you want to yield to it. So you see, once again, the anointing of God is a tangible substance that's perceptible to touch. You can sense what it actually comes upon you. And when it does, you want to minister 
the power of God immediately to those that are there. And it will help them and assist them in, in receiving from God. So the anointing of God is another way to transmit, you know, healing power into people's lives so that they can be free. So remember, you can't anoint yourself. It's impossible. But you can put yourself in a position to be anointed. There is this healing anointing, which is a tangible substance that can be even felt when it falls upon you. And when you get the body of believers to come together in unity, that corporate healing anointing will be greater and the greater works will be made manifest among them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what's in manifestation right now? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's worship God, everybody. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for your presence and power. Thank you for the anointing of God in this place. We'll not look to the arm of flesh. We look unto you, dear Heavenly Father, and we respect and reverence the offices whereunto you have called men. And we align ourselves, dear Father God, with the flow of your spirit, with the movings of your spirit. That we, dear Father God, would represent you well upon this earth. And that we would cooperate with you, dear Father God, in these matters of tremendous importance. For we know, dear Father God, that if we properly flow, that lives of many would be touched in a positive and powerful way. And those that may, dear Father God, otherwise die would live and not die because of the glory of God that's in manifestation. They will come to a place of health and abiding strength. And so we are grateful to you, dear Father God, to be used of thee this night in these great and mighty things. And we look to you, dear Father God, to continue to manifest yourself as we study this great and mighty subject, hallelujah, in this place. We look for the increase of of the anointing of God corporately as well as individually, enabling us, dear Father God, to better serve you and carry out the purpose of your will. Hallelujah. For we acknowledge that the work of God is not done by the hand of man, but it's done by the mighty power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, dear Father God, for it right now. Hallelujah. In the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be your most holy name. Everybody, I just want you to just worship God, if you would, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Father God. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, You're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.